Buenos dias, Raider Nation. It's a Friday on the morning tailgate, and the Raiders' Spanish play-by-play voice, Harry Ruiz, joins us now on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Each Friday at this time, it's Harry Ruiz time. He's also the writer, creator, and host with Raiders.com slash Espanol, and we're happy to have you, Harry. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? It's great, guys. It's always great being with here in the Friday mornings with you guys in the morning tailgate. And we like having you, uh, Harry. We're having a discussion today about Josh Jacobs, and you know the franchise tag window is open. The Raiders have until March fifth to decide whether the franchise tag him. I don't think they're going to do that, uh, but I'm sure they want to keep him here. I'm sure Harry Reese wants to see Josh Jacobs in a Raiders uniform moving forward. But what are you willing to um, give him in terms of a contract to make sure that that happens? I mean, it has to be something that benefits both the player and the team. You just can't throw the checkbook at him right now at this point because uh, you saw what happened last season and that's the unfortunate reality not just for Josh Jacobs but for every running back in the NFL injuries happen and they're a position that gets the most contact the most impact when it comes to uh, them getting the ball them getting all the touches and them getting all those hard tackles which in the NFL isn't just a simple thing you know that their bodies go through through it that they it's a it's a hard season so um, man, it's a tough, it's a tough one. I think that Josh wants to have another big season. Josh wants to be able to uh, earn that big money. So I think there's a spot in on this team, and there's a with Antonio Pierce coming back. There's also maybe the willingness of both sides working out something that benefits both the player and the team. Maybe a heavy incentive contract, but also a guarantee that makes him uh, makes him happy to stay with the Raiders and have an opportunity. So I think a one-year deal could be on the table. Harry, then, what about Zamir White, especially those last four games? You saw it, 145 rushing yards against Kansas City, 112 against Denver to end the season. He's in the mix now. And how much of a uh, priority is it to also make sure that he continues his progress in his career with more touches? Well, that's the big benefit that the Raiders have, that even at some moment they have to make the decision of uh, going in a direction that isn't Josh Jacobs. Well, they got a guy right there that has been waiting for two years that has a healthy body that hasn't gone through the trials and tribulations of playing in the NFL as much as Josh and be like, hey, you still have him two years under contract? Let's see if we can do something. So if Josh stays on board... Zamir, I think that he will get opportunities, but not as much as he would if Josh isn't on this team. So I think the Raiders are in a good spot because if they don't get Josh Jacobs, they got Zamir White ready. Talking to Harry Ruiz uh, from Raiders Spanish play-by-play here. And earlier this week, the NCAA announced a new rule change for women's volleyball uh, that included a huge shift where players may now contact the ball more than once on any single attempt on a team second contact. So, like, you can hit the ball twice to yourself, which is an aberration by uh, every former setter's uh, mind. At least that's what I'm seeing on my TikTok feed. And so can you think of a hypothetical gameplay rule change that would be just as pervasive or disruptive in football? Maybe it would be something like allowing a forward pass beyond the line of scrimmage. I mean, that would be interesting. But to be honest, I would keep it as is. Uh, or have that rule be, like, once per game. You have – you. You can't do it, but then you can disrupt the whole thing if that last play of the game is that play, but you would be risking a lot. Um, I don't know, Lindsay. That's a that's a great question. That's something I almost say every week when I'm talking with you guys. 
Harry, um, next week starts the uh, scouting combine in Indianapolis. Uh, is there a particular player that you are fired up uh, to, to watch out there in their uh, shorts and throwing it around or doing some agility rules? What position are you looking for? What p- p- particular player do you want to see next week? I mean, quarterback, 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 ah. quarterback. That's where uh, everyone in the Raider Nation were focused in right now. And no disrespect to Aiden O'Connell, who did more than a good job last season filling in for Jimmy G and coming in in week four as a rookie who didn't expect to play much and being a starter then and then taking over the reins since week nine. Uh, No disrespect to him, but the quarterback position, that's where everything, all the chips that the Raiders have or could have, you got to go and scout the heck out of that position. And if they fall in love with somebody and they think he's the next guy, I wouldn't blame them if they – throw the house at whoever is in the top three and would be willing to take an offer from the silver and black. So quarterback, man, I want to see that day that the quarterbacks are out there on the field and keep a good focus on them. Is this the kind of uh, offense, Harry, that you would think like, all right, let's find something a little more mobile at that position, a more playmaking type of style, or somebody that is going to be accurate and be a very good game manager because we also know AP wants to play physical, hard-nosed, smash-mouth football running the ball. The thing is that nowadays, Clay, it's like you need a mobile quarterback. You need a guy that's able to move around and extend plays and give you those extra two, three seconds that can make that play make something out of nothing. So uh, even if you didn't have uh, an explosive uh, game, an explosive offense, you need a quarterback that's able to uh, move around and extend play. So this kind of right now, that's what the NFL is gearing towards. And you look at the most successful teams, they got guys that can extend plays. They got guys that can run. They, that probably that's not their number one, uh, their number one way of making the offense work. Look at Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it had been a long time since he had gotten ten carries in a game until he did it on Christmas Day against the Raiders. But if he needed to do it, he did it. It wasn't enough for them. But heck, it was a one possession game at the end. So you need a mobile quarterback in there, even if he's not a Lamar Jackson. You need a guy that can move the chains with his legs here and there. Harry Wee's joining us as he does on Fridays on the gate, 8 a.m. Uh, appointment radio for sure. What upcoming free agent slash potential new team partnership would you most like to see? Oh, man, there's a lot of interesting free agents out there. I know that the offensive line, you look at what the Raiders could lose and also the guys that they could gain, that's an interesting position. I don't want to pinpoint just one guy out there, but uh, free agency, you look at, at guys, even at that quarterback position. I know Baker Mayfield more than likely will be going back to Tampa Bay, but Kirk Cousins, he's an interesting name, but he would just be like a stopgap for a year or two if you want to – make something happen quick, but we've also seen injuries problems with him. So it's that's what I love about the NFL. It's like, look, the season just ended, uh, what, a week and five days ago, but we already know that mid-March we're going to get uh, free agency coming up for the first decisions, the big decisions for the Raiders that are also going to be opening our eyes when it comes to uh, the draft. Because if they get a, a big a Kirk Cousins, in free agency, we know that they might not be thinking about jumping into the top three in the draft. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun next couple of months for the silver and black. There's always something to talk about in the NFL, even though we are pretty much six months away from the next 
game, which is going to be a preseason game. Yeah, no. Speaking about preseason games, your Dodgers played the Padres yesterday to open spring training. How um, how, how dialed in uh, on the Dodgers are you this time of year? And I got to imagine, you know, just because of the team that they've put together, there's there's an incredible amount of excitement, even for spring training right now. Oh, I've, spring training, the first game is always a big game for me because it's the beginning of my therapy of waiting <laughs> for the next football season. Even though we only had like five starters in the lineup yesterday, it was great seeing my boys score eight runs in the first inning. It was great seeing them bat around twice in the game. It was great seeing Gavin Stone strike out Fernando Tatis Jr. So yep. it's, it's awesome. It's awesome, man. And heck, winning two touchdowns to an extra point against the, the Padres, I'll take that every day of the week. And we got another chance today. Just keep saying it. Just beating the Padres, getting up 8 nothing on the Padres is something that you love. But you know what? Here's the thing. You got so much star power on the Dodgers offense, but there are two guys that came over from the American League that are going to be, you know, it's not your star names, but they are going to help you win games. That's Chris Taylor, mm. and he could play any position in the infield or outfield, gap hitter, and good uh, patience at the plate, but also Manuel Margot. Manny didn't play mm. yesterday, but that guy can steal bases, good contact hitter. See, these are the, like the little guys that now the Dodgers – like it's an embarrassment of riches. Not only they got <laughs> yeah. like star power, but they have the best possible role players they could they could get right now. Hey, Manny Margot, a guy that debuted with the Padres. I covered him in El Paso when he was in Triple A right. with the Chihuahuas, and now it's awesome having him with the with the boys in blue and CT three Chris Taylor. I mean, he's a guy that he's clutch. Whenever the mm-hmm. Dodgers need him and he's up at the plate, he delivers. So I mean, you look at the way that this team is constructed, even the return of Gavin Lutz. It was awesome seeing him uh, play yesterday after pretty much a year after he got injured and lost the whole 2023 season. And the Dodgers had that big situation between the shortstop and the second base position and that just had players coming and going. So it, it was pretty awesome seeing the Dodgers back in action. And that's what I always say, man. Baseball is my therapy. And the good thing that the Dodgers games, I don't work them. So I'm actually able to enjoy them from beginning to end with some popcorn, with some water. My dog only <laughs> survived the first 25 minutes of the game. He was like, no, that's that's not good enough. I want some football. But I definitely went through it and was very happy with it. Ruiz with us here on the gate. He's already uh, talking to the dog. The dog's talking back. The dog, the dog needs the old segment. Who he's allergic to, by the way. Hey, hey, what, what, anything for love. Anything oh, for love. Course, no. That's what you got to yeah, do. And tremendous. One thing I don't love, Harry, is the fact that Fanatics is taking over as the jersey retailer for like all of the major sports. What are the chances that you would still pay full price for a jersey that you can see through? So I buy the fan editions, the ones that's like 130 bucks. I won't spend 350 or 400 bucks on a jersey. And I already got my Shohei Otani jersey, which is one of those Fanatics Nike uh, jerseys. And it's definitely not the quality of the previous. Like, I love the Majestic jerseys. They were oh. awesome. And uh, the Nike jerseys the last couple of years haven't been great. And these aren't even close to those. So that's saying a lot. So I'll still spend 130 140 on uh, another jersey. I know I need a Joshinobu Yamamoto jersey, but uh, so far it's it's they it's not good. But hey, you know what? The same thing. I loved when Reebok had the NFL jerseys. I don't like the Nike ones, no. but it is what it is, and they're out there. And if you want to rep your team, you either go that route or you go the China route, which isn't great at times.
Yeah, well, just be sure if you're going to the games that you're not sitting in direct sunlight because those things might just melt right on you. So just take the safety precautions and then everything will be fine and we'll watch Shohei take over the league with an L.A. team that knows what they're doing. Right. No, I'll, I'll be I'll be at the top deck, so no, not a lot of sunshine going up there. Excellent. Uh, hey, real quick, just to round out, the, the week uh, was filled with this uh, the topic about AP's comments on Max's podcast about the Mahomes rules. What did you feel about the reaction around the league? Because a lot of people were trying to defend Patrick because – He's, you know, just the, the league darling and now the showcase player. You can't do anything against him. How do you feel this was reacted? I was a big freaking deal. You don't like it, <laughs> then beat him. That's it. The, the Raiders, they got pissed off after they got beat in November at Allegiant Stadium. What do they do? They went out and beat Patrick Mahomes. Now, if, if the Chiefs are mad at what AP said... Then go and beat the Raiders. But now the Raiders, they got that extra motivation of seeing it's like, hey, you know what? Everybody loves Mahomes. We don't. Go and hit him and legally uh, annoy people. And you know what? Something that a lot of people don't remember. I'm pretty sure you guys remember that episode of Hard Knocks in season with the Miami Dolphins where Coach McDaniel was getting too ready for Max getting on his face and hitting him and touching him all the time. I'm like, Max has been doing that for years now. And now because – AP said, get in Mahomes' face, touch him, make him remember you're there and all that. Now they're getting mad. I'm like, dude, that's the Max Crosby 101 playbook right there. Just be annoying and hit the player and him talking crap to Gardner Minshew, all that stuff. I mean, that's Max Crosby every single game day. And you know what? Look at him right now. He's one of the best defensive players in the game. That works for him. So all the rest of the guys, maybe not as much trash talking until you're at a Max Crosby level, but be annoying, touch the player, uh, don't get penalties in those plays, but uh, in the legality of the playbook, go, of, of the rule book, go out there and, and uh, disrupt the opposing quarterback. Great stuff, Harry. Wonderful that you came on today. Thank you again for doing that. Tell everybody we said hello for, and, and then the fam, and we'll talk again next week. Absolutely, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Harry Ruiz, Raiders.com slash Espanol, as well as uh, the Raiders play-by-play voice. All right. Uh, I want to – about rule changes, if there was like a like a little alterations to NFL rules, I would have love to be to like see. a really pervasive one. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's like I want to see something change in the game where you're able to throw to wide receivers – down you know like maybe laterally and then the wide receiver can throw downfield as you said like changing the way where you're throwing uh that it's not a penalty to making sure that it's like behind the line of scrimmage i would even if it's like a little bit ahead of the line of scrimmage or something like that or like everybody's eligible and like literally everybody's eligible eligible. right right. it would have because this is a big deal in the world of volleyball and again i'm not a volleyball expert but based off of what i've heard this is something that it's like a fundamental rule like you hit it once and then somebody else has to hit it game changer it's it's a whole Thing. fundamental of the game and, and some people well it's not gonna affect that much you know it just it affects everything it, it, it affects, affects positioning it, it, oh, yeah. the, the entire flow of the game is changed and so that's where it's just like why are we doing this that's what that, that was and, my and, question and, yeah. and then uh, if and that's why i'm trying to extrapolate it because of how ridiculous it is to change a rule of that fundamental level because if we did that in football or another sport that apparently more people care about check the numbers i know they would lose the football but it, it would we would be freaking out We'd be free. Like, what the hell, NCAA? Yes. What the hell? It would be. You know, uh, real quick, and I, I, I would. Like, I'm going to dive into that. Like, why? What was the motivation? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to, uh, to trying to figure that out. But uh, you know, Harry had mentioned, you know, if you fall in love with your guy, be aggressive to go get the quarterback. Um, 
uh, I talked to Q about this on his show uh, yesterday. He was on with Darryl, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, the NFL Network analyst. He had a, uh, a conference call yesterday, a draft conference call, and somebody asked Daniel Jeremiah, what would it take for the Raiders, what does he think it would take for the Raiders to move from number 13 to number 3? And i got to be honest, I would run if I'm the Raiders to make this deal happen. I think it's actually a little bit light, but we'll see. Um, uh, to, to move to, from number 13 to number 3, could mean parting ways with the 13th pick, your first round pick, the Raiders' first round pick this year, a first and third round pick next year, and then your 2026 first round pick. Oh, I'm, oh, so it's three firsts. Well, three it's really first two ultimately. because you're you're exchanging one. Your you, your pick this year just is it becomes the third pick overall. So you're you're actually giving up two first round picks and a third round pick. I'm like, yes. Where do I sign up for that? That's going right. That, you know, I think it, I I it's a personally rate without inflation. Feel, I feel it's a little bit light. I I, I think that uh, I think the Raiders would be uh, more than willing to do that. But I I sent that out to some NFL people to see what the reaction was on is that feasible? Because if that's feasible, that's absolutely something I think the Raiders should should jump at. I you know it's it's no different than the. Uh... The 49ers, Dolphins, yeah. you know, with San Francisco sending the 2021 first round mm-hmm. pick, they swapped first years. Yes. And then two first rounds in 2022 and 2023, and a third rounder in 2022. Yeah, it, so that's kind of like, you yeah. know, the standard. Yeah. Um, that was going from 12, but mm-hmm. so it's 13. But yeah, to I get, get the number I, three that, pick in the draft. It, it, yeah. it, it, it is. It just feels like, especially for the Raiders to go get, you know, uh, their guy, man, um, if, if, if you could convince the. The uh, the Patriots of that, I think that, boy, that would be great. That would be great for the Raiders. Every season preview or draft preview I'm seeing of, of the Patriots, it's like they're going to wait on a quarterback. And it almost seems like that's the smokescreen. Because there's always going to be a team that smokescreens what they want. And and nothing is ever that certain where every outlet, NFL Network, ESPN, is all right. saying one thing about they're going to wait on their quarterback. They're not going to go for it. You know, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like... Seems like troubles lying well, was, ahead. Somebody's giving a tell. Where, where, um, but what would be the, what's, what's, what are they, because, for what? Like, for, if you're, for, if you're the Patriots, from the Patriots perspective, what is it that you're trying to hide or, or deke somebody? You have the third pick. I think you're open. I think, I, you know, like, they're waiting for better, the best possible offer. Yeah, to get I more get picks. that. Yeah. I get that. So, uh, they're they're basically sending it out there that, hey, we're 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 open for business. We're open for business. If if we if you if you hit our number, yeah, we're exactly. Happy with either way, we're totally. going to go in and our own be. direction anyway. Right. But they are ones that have been like, all right, we're we're kind of like you know, kind of like trying to change the market or the perception of what we want. Right. And uh, none of the other teams are doing that. So I'm I'm interested to see like uh, how this will all play out. But true. I, the Jeremiah thought is you know interesting because it's. It, it's playable, and he has good ideas of, of what of teams course. are willing to, yeah. to part if, with. If that is what it what what it would take, then I think the Raiders should be uh, pretty aggressive in, in in agreeing to to doing that. By the way, it's always a good time to t- talk about Dos Cotas Tequila. Uh, if you are here in Las Vegas, Total Wine, Total Wine is a great store. By the way, uh, they they uh, offer all of the uh, your favorite Dos Cotas Tequila uh, brands. So uh, get on over to uh, to Total Wine here if you're here in Las Vegas. Also, if you're here in Las Vegas and you want to enjoy Dos Cotas Tequila, uh, just a, a, a night out, um, a great afternoon out, uh, go check out Senior Frogs over at the Treasure Island Hotel. They have daily, every single day. Two for one specials featuring Dos Cotas tequila, and if you're not here in Las Vegas, uh, you you don't have to uh, lack for your Dos Cotas tequila at all. Just go to their website, doscotastequila.com, 
and they offer all of their brands, and they'll ship it right to you. So that's go to uh, doscadastequila.com for your next order of Doscadas Tequila. I'm um, looking forward to really getting in depth with the pro staff, the college staff, and but we got we got plenty of time. We'll be good. Raiders general manager Tom Telesco talking about getting ready for the NFL draft. What about getting ready for NFL free agency? We're back here on the morning tailgate Raider Nation Radio. Thank you for being with us. Hit us up on the text line from don'tbebroke.com, 702-365-9200. We'll get your thoughts there. Oh, wait. Oh, man, I'm almost forgetting. What? <laughs> this. Uh, we gotta get... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally forgot. We got Good news, Raider Nation. Uh, we're starting your year off with a chance to hit the jackpot every Monday through Friday. You could win 2,024 doll hairs. All you got to do is listen for the daily code and text it to 702-365-9200 to register. Contest opens each day at 7 a.m., closes at 5 p.m. The code changes daily, so be sure you're listening to us every day for that code, and you can hit the jackpot for $2,024. All thanks to Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Radio. Today, the word mm-hmm. Bugsy. B-U-G-S-Y. Bugsy. Like the Malone without the post. Or Bugsy like Siegel, who basically created Las Vegas, right? Bugsy. He did not G- like being called Bugsy, by the way. No, his name is Benjamin Siegel. Yes, he B-U-G-S-Y. Text that in to 702-365-9200. And you could win $2,024. This is a great promotion. We're going to do it every day, Monday through Friday. Text it in so you can get a chance. More times you text, more chances for you to win. So basically the next time somebody says Bugsy, not this time. No, no. That's just for today. Yeah. Just for today. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yesterday was Martin. The day before was Sinatra. Exactly. So we're definitely going Las Vegas here. Oh, yeah. Literally, they're all Las Vegas themed. That's why I'm trying to make different jokes because I'm just, that's the bit. (laughs) <laughs> She's like, oh, Martin, like Dean. Obviously, I know. <laughs> Tony Martin. But you know what's funnier? No, a joke about Parent Trap. That's why we make it. The uh, the Bugsy stuff is interesting. So it's like there's cool little Bugsies all over the place. But, yeah. I mean, uh, if it wasn't for him seeing what was to be had on uh, Las Vegas Boulevard, which was like an old Spanish trail that mm-hmm. was a different name back then. But it's just like it was so far removed from the rest of Las Vegas. He's like, right here. This is where we're going to build it. Yeah, and I f- apologize for not being lockstep on the bit. It's all good. The only reason that it's because I've been literally watching or listening to uh, volumes of is there's this great documentary that I found on YouTube of organized crime. And I just literally got through the the, the Bugsy uh, part of it, and um, man, yeah, this place doesn't happen without him. Yeah, Bugsy and Meyer Lansky, yeah, Meyer Lansky. created this. And, right, uh, Lucky Luciano a little bit. It was more than just building a casino. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Benjamin Siegel <laughs> had, Benjamin. This, yeah, had he great ideas. Bugsy. Right, he had great ideas of like how to get people in, and they opened up. You know, he wanted to make sure that you could see the pool from the gaming tables. Right. He had all these great ideas, which was so different from normal gangsters and mobsters that were like trying to create things. But all the action in, in Las Vegas was downtown at that point. And then they had something up way up on the, you know, you know, south of all that action. It was just brilliant because nobody could ever foresee what he saw. And it took just a, like, one guy to do it. But they opened up on the, on this torrential rainstorm. They, <laughs> they wanted to open up. Was it Christmas or New Year's Eve or something like that? And it was like they were hoping for all the big Hollywood stars to come in on this weekend. And nobody could make it through the roads back oh, then. So it, and it, there it, isn't even a signpost. Yeah, that's right. Well, he had about six, <laughs> seven, six to eight weeks. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, Bugsy, where's the money? Yeah. And somebody <laughs> put a bullet in his eye. But this is the business that we chose. 
So make sure you text it in, 702-365-9200. Bugsy is today's keyword. Make sure you do it. And listen each day because we'll give you the code words uh, for each specific day. We want to hook you up with the cash. And so for free agency, I think there's got to be some sort of like, you know, is there? could there be like a uh, – I don't know, a Bill of Rights or some sort of Ten Commandments or something that goes along with how to deal with free agency and not overextend yourself. Because the Raiders, I'm not going to say they're flush with money, but for the first time in a while, they have a good solid base of foundational players and some, you know, some game changers, but they got money to spend now on others. So what should be the philosophies going forward? Yeah, I, uh, our good friend of the show that we got to talk with on Radio Row, we've had him on before too, Eric Eager, who works for Sumer Sports, came out with uh, what he has titled NFL Free Agency Proverbs and just kind of, you know, warning about some of the risks yes. uh, dabbling in this particular coffer in the business. Because we talk about the different types of monies, how you pay, how you what's capital, what's best use of this particular capital. And we know that free agency is probably the, the area uh, where things could get the most expensive biggest risk the risky biscuits it really is it's the biggest risks right and so he just provides like a, a few core tenants again proverbs of of, of why he thinks uh, free agency isn't exactly all that it's cracked up to be and so we'll go through some of it this is our proverb music by mm-hmm, the way mm-hmm. we figured it would be better to go like spa yeah than uh gregorian chants right right i was thinking the boys choir but you know what sure. i want i want gentle water again because <laughs> when you are emotional you tend to make emotional decisions yeah. so we're gonna be we're gonna be calm we want to be calm and free agency. Clear the mind. Yep. One of the first core tenets is winning free agency rarely equates to actually winning. Uh, he goes on to say that free agency is a place where teams search to plug immediately or immediate holes on their roster. Teams that have susp- substantial immediate needs are less likely to be contenders. Thus, teams that have to compete in the marketplace to make what appear to be big splash free agent signings are likely overpaying to fill in gaps with players for which we have almost complete information. Oh, no so, truer words ever spoken. Yep, yep. Great points there. Great points there. Another proverb, proverb uh, Eric provides is uh, the sa- salary cap space can be overrated. <laughs> well, we don't like to hear that here, Eric, because uh, that's what we're flush with. And uh, we, we like having all those chips on our table. But uh, he goes on to establish that the cap is not fake. Right. Some not. of us, we could say it's. You can circumnavigate it, right? Everybody's got a very specific GPS compass. Cash. Magellan's on your Cash. staff. Yes. Signing bonus. The great, 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 great grandchild, right? Norland Saints are really good at that. Kind right. Of like, you know, moving just, the money we around. They did uh, Derek Carr's contract, by the exactly. way. Exactly. But uh, They Eric- had to. He's the only guy that they can turn to. <laughs> $82 million over the cap. Yeah. Risky biscuits. <laughs> Risker biscuits. Get it figured out. Uh, Eric goes on to say, one only needs to look at the Saints, the Buccaneers, the Rams, or Saints. even the two-time defending yeah. champion Kansas City Chiefs in recent years to realize that the salary cap is affecting the moves most teams make. It's just that it affects. Uh, it, it's just that the effects of the cap are asymmetric. The lack of cap space can hurt you more than a bevy of cap space can help you. And so, at least we're 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 doing that. We have that that space. But again, it's about how you go out and fill that. Space. Space really is, yeah. And and how desperate you are to to be that. And so that's why the Raiders are in that position where they haven't really been that contender. They've been more of a pretender. Sometimes they put on the jersey, they look legit. Uh, but now, given where this roster is, 
things could probably turn around really quickly. And I'm not going to go through all the tenets because I want you to go read this article that's written by Eric Eager again on sumersports.com titled Free Agency Proverbs because I want to get into the last couple that he uh, details because I think they're really interesting points to think and talk from. Uh, one of the proverbs is developmental differences or developmental differentials are real, but they are not leveraged to their fullest potential in free agency. He goes on to say that uh, his former colleague at Pro Football Focus, Timo Risk, Risky, I'm sorry, Timo, you do great work, did an extensive study using our war metric on the developmental curves of players at different positions. He found that among offensive skilled players and non-defensive linemen, defensive backs age more slowly than offensive skilled positions, while linebackers and running backs age the quickest. This is except for the tight end where only 40% of the player's career war is generated before the age of 25. I'm not the biggest stat person, but I know war to be as wins above replacement. And what I find fascinating about this is about the timing in which you buy or you invest in a particular position, Mm -hmm. right? If it takes longer for tight ends to develop, is it really valuable to draft the tight end versus maybe circling back in free agency and getting one in the cost there because then you're getting at the product where they're draft. more developed? Draft. I know, but I'm just saying yeah. this. So there's, no. da- there's data with this. And, 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 and just develop and, put, and, and then get rewarded. That's why Michael Mayer is on such a special track right now. Right. Um, because it is. It's a hard, for whatever reason, it's a hard position to master early. But you see the Kelseys and players like that that master it, mm-hmm. and then they're just, and then they age well too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's for sure outliers. Uh, Eric goes on to say that Risk found the players in the trenches tend to age more slowly mm-hmm. than players on the perimeter, Uh-oh. which doesn't necessarily help teams that need tackles, but can be a source of value for teams looking to buy low on the interior of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Who else does that sound like? Who else does that sound like? Again. Where is the best investment at what time to fill this position with the best qualified person? Based off of where you're at in your model, right? We're looking to compete next year, are we not? Is that mm-hmm. the expectation? And so that's where, based on this, well, then you'd probably want to chase after an interior offensive line in free agency, maybe over the draft. It just depends on, on your your timing of everything. And maybe get more specific, find guys who have played in the West Coast offense, but also maybe guys that the Packers have worked with before, Mm -hmm. or perhaps somebody that, you know, Luke Getze is familiar with either in college or in scouting or, you know, in the, in the stops at Green Bay and Chicago. Look at those guys. Maybe there are, maybe your answer is there. Somebody younger, maybe somebody a little older, but uh, somebody with that, that kind of experience, I think you need to have, if you want a starter, because relying on a rookie to start, uh, if you're going to go and fish in the second and third round for that guy, mm-hmm. it's going to be a mixed bag. Right. And that's where it's like everything is proverbs are great because they're true, but they're also contradictory. Because earlier in the article, he talked about, well, we already know all the information about these people. Mm-hmm. So, like, technically, we know the ceiling. Oh. Isn't it more valuable oh, yeah. to bet on somebody who ceiling you necessarily don't know yet? Because it could be higher. So if winning free agency doesn't necessarily equate to winning. And I love that because yep. the Raiders got into this little conundrum and with the Gruden era in 2019 when they were like, all right, we have money to spend. Let's get Antonio Brown and let's get Trent Brown. Trent Brown on Great the offensive names. line mm-hmm. and uh, uh, dynamic wide receiver. That's going to solve our problems. And Trent Brown missed 16 of 32 games. He never played. It was kind of a problem. And Antonio Brown never saw the field at all. Yeah. And by the way, uh, when it comes to guards, and we're going to get to that um, uh, 
Cody Whitehair that the Bears just released. I think he was drafted, what, in 2016? Guy that played for Luke Getze, keep an eye on that. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think the the, the, the Raiders, assuming he's healthy, um, would be interested in. Somebody that's played with, like you just said, there you go. Luke Getze. And you bring up a good point about that, that offseason, and it takes me right back to this past offseason when how many times did we report, whether it was on the show or when I was writing about it, some of the Raiders signings from Robert Spillane to Marcus Epps to Adam Butler to Jenkins – the trade for, uh, or excuse me, um, Jacoby Myers, and everybody was up in arms. Mm-hmm. Like that was the reaction. Am I, am I exaggerating that, Clay? No, there, there was there, there wasn't a lot of belief in that move, right? In all of them, mm-hmm. were, who, right. what, where, why, what? You know, to your point, Lindsay, and to to uh, that that article's point, um, you don't ha- it, the, the 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 spending the huge big money. There's a time to do that every once in a while, for sure, for the right piece too. Right, it has to be the right piece, mm-hmm. and it's usually in that case when you're right there on the brink and you want to close a hole, um, and and not just close a hole, but get really good at a certain position. If and if a good player becomes available at that certain position, there's definitely time to spend. But if you're relying on that to be how you you know uh, get from A to B. Or A to Z, it's it's a mistake. It's never going to work. And you look at Robert Spillane. You look at Mark. You you look at the Raiders' turnaround this year from where they were last year defensively to what they ended up becoming this year. A lot of it was some of these newcomers that were that were brought in on reasonable contracts. Players like a Spillane who hadn't been a starter, you know, for the m- majority of his career, was able to start what the last seven games or so of his of his last year with the Steelers. And while a lot of people were like, why, what, how, Dave Ziegler and Champ and those guys were like, this guy is on the rise. It's not a huge investment. And we believe that he's going to help get this thing turned around. And so that model works, can work if you hit the right players. Well, let's talk about A to B versus A to Z and how far apart those actually are. Because that actually leads us to our final proper video. You walked us right into it. It's perfect. What a pro. Average is a transient state in the NFL, and optimizing for average should be avoided if at all possible. Again, Eric Eager goes on to say, a couple years ago using my PFF ELO rating system, unfamiliar, but I'll believe in your findings, (laughs) I showed that using a Markov transition matrix, again, that being above or below average were transient states in the NFL, meaning that the path to being a great team is not all that much longer from below average to elite team than it is from above average to elite. And it doesn't take all that long to go from being poor to elite in a relatively short amount of time. He put this prediction to the test in his bullish stance on the Detroit Lions, who went 3-13-1 and in 2021 to a 17-point lead in the NFC Championship game in two years, while others in their conference optimized for average with meager results. These results were replicated uh, with Football Outsiders DVOA last year. And he says that um, the, the Vikings, actually, who the uh, franchise has taken a different approach, is aware of this research. And having referenced it in his 2024 press conference, General Manager Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, uh, it's kind of clear that they're going in a little bit more tear-down route right now. And that's where it says you, you don't have to – it doesn't have to be this three- or four-year-long thing. Mm-hmm. It can be, okay. but we're seeing teams that are – Risky Biskers, picking the high, high-level high talent, willing to gamble. They're hitting. They're finding a way out of the abyss quicker, and that makes sense. But it also sets you up. If you're wrong, the abyss. Yeah, and, and the abyss 
it's not a it's permanent. It's just another season. Uh, the abyss is not a permanent thing. That's that's like even if you miss, and the 49ers have missed that quarterback. That we were talking about the Trey Lance, uh, you know, uh, uh, deal. Didn't work. Blew up in the front of their face. They're still one of the best teams in the NFL. So whatever abyss you might, you and you can fall in an abyss. But if you draft well um, and you're coached well, those players are developed well, it doesn't have to look at the Houston Texans. Right. Well, it's yeah, exactly that. You know, uh, look at the Texans and how quickly they're on the right path. All of a sudden, they're kind of a model like, wow. And what did they do a couple of years ago? Oh, they they kind of blew it up and they made sure they stockpiled picks as many as they could. Mm-hmm. Even if, because I think they foresaw like there could be a draft where we need to trade a bunch of picks to go and get, you know, number one, number three, if that was possible. But even San Francisco, the year they traded for Detroit Lance, they still had nine other picks in the draft. Yeah. So they, they were never going. Those were like abyss fallouts, man. They could never hit the abyss. Right. The Texans traded their quarterback. They traded their best wide receiver. Um, you know, and, and in a blink of an eye, they win their division and they're in the playoffs. Like, like we're talking about how long ago was that? 2019? 2020? When when – they uh, when Deshaun Watson and those guys had had the uh, Chiefs on the ropes, yeah, in that playoff, and then they went into the basement for a little while. But they're not to say that they're right back or they're at that level. They may actually be better now, better with C.J. Stroud and and the talent that's around them than they had when when Deshaun was there. So it didn't take forever for them to get it back right. So. Oh, we love these proverbs. We'll read some more on the other side, as well as hit your text over at 702-365-9200. Former Super Bowl champion Chris Thomas will join us at 9 o'clock. 702-365-9200 is the text number and phone number to reach us here at Raider Nation Radio. On the gate, Lindsay, Vinny, Clay from the uh, text line. And we also have Chris Thomas here in just a few minutes, former Super Bowl champion and life coach. Uh, KP from the 925 says... Uh, Expect Raiders to build the trenches in the offensive line and defensive line. Look for some sneaky signings from the Chargers, Bears, and Jaguars. Also noted that look for Telesco to sign Ken Murray from the Chargers, the old linebacker there. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Lindsay, so, I got a question for you. Hmm. You were talking about uh, the TikTok numbers there. Yeah, for, for Taylor Swift. So if you're Roger Goodell, all right, um, and uh, <laughs> you're playing Cupid right now to try to replicate something like that for next year, let's say. Yeah, and you're like Lamar. I'd like you to introduce. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to who would we like? Who would we pair up to? If you're the NFL, to try to, you know, uh, uh, get something like that uh, going again. Well, I mean, that was a very unique situation. It but like, was. just being fuzzy. And now it's not authentic anymore. If you try but just to being replicate funny, it, just being funny. Um, like, who would you? What would what, what would be the pairing uh, between a player and a maybe it's a movie star, a pop star? You know, uh, that that could capture that kind of. Well, I'll go off of what I know that already exists because I don't want to put somebody in a hypothetical relationship that's not looking for it. But I know that Josh Allen is dating Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, who's, and I don't, who's a huge. Deal. Yeah, I've and heard so, of her, but I don't. I mean, yeah, very talented. Um, that would probably be the the next easiest thing. But that's it, like Taylor Swift is such a behemoth, and I know lots of people. Oh God. <laughs> But the numbers are what the numbers are. And she averaged less than 50 seconds uh, of, of airtime on television broadcast over the course. I think they're playoff games, games that she was at. But in terms of TikToks only made and posted on the NFL channel, she generated 330 million views for them. Whoa. 333 mil- 333. Yeah, 333 <laughs> million views cumulatively and so 
again, that's the other thing too. It's like it's for 50 seconds or it's three seconds at a time. Tin, 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 tin. But in terms of what that creates for content, since everybody's a content creator, you know that you can make a whole lot out, out of a whole knot. It can dominate a day, a yeah. week, a month, all that. And, you know, I just, I want them to just live their life. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's not. I'm going to choose to believe that it's real and, and hope that it all works out. But I just, you know. What's I, the model for uh, making money on TikTok? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just, I hear, I, 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 I don't know it because it doesn't work for me. I see. That's yeah, the proverb of the like, day. But, but what <laughs> um, is there? Is there like, is there a model? Is there you know a financial model to make money on? Oh t- yeah, you can. You can. There's content creator tools. You can make a, a lot of money. Right, right. And it obviously has to register. And it has to. It has to generate. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but I'm just wondering, like, how how the pay is dispersed? Is it ba- uh, based on advertising? Based on clicks? Based on? I think it's views. You get y- views, yeah, and which they spend time to... on your app, and and all of that. But I know that some models, like, you got to post like three or four times a day at these certain times are the best times. But I think it's probably changed by then. So who knows? And you want people. to to engage into your post, so that takes it well, another step further. That's the thing. If you yeah. if you're if you're posting for engagement, are you really posting true content? Nope. And so I just post what I want, and nobody likes it. And you know what? I don't care. Yeah, I'm sure there's people. That, well, obviously there's people that don't. <laughs> are intentional about their marketing of themselves. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and it's a and, tool. And you ought to be. I mean, to see to see young kids making six figures, I think it's a beautiful thing, man. Small businesses do a lot of business on TikTok. Yeah, there you go. Millions. Corporate giants in middle school. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on Raider Nation with Chris Thomas.